Hey everybody, what's going on? Glad to be back with you. I know we had a little bit of a hiatus there. Um, I was scheduled to do a podcast with uh, a good friend of mine and while I was at Super 32. And I uh, had some scheduling conflicts happen, some unexpected uh, things come up. And I had to head back a little bit early from that tournament. So we didn't get to do that podcast. So that put me a little bit off my schedule. We missed one there. Got one back this weekend. I think you guys are really going to like it. Uh, coach Kevin Ward, head coach at Army West Point, um, United States Military Academy. He's a really good guy. I met him a few years ago. I had a kid um, that wrestled for me, um, was being recruited, and we stopped in there on our way up to Journeyman a couple years ago with a few kids, and uh, it was a really good time. Really cool learning about the history of uh, the military academy and of uh, – you know, a lot of our country's history right along with it. It's, it's a really, really neat place. If you ever get a chance to visit, I, I definitely suggest it. Um, but Coach Ward and his uh, wrestling team were in town for the Cougar Clash over in Edwardsville with Coach Spates. Um, so I got to head over to Edwardsville again to do one of these podcasts. And uh, it was a good episode. Longest one yet. So I guess buckle up. Get ready for the ride because it's about an hour and 30 minutes, but it's a good one. I think you guys will really enjoy it. I think these keep getting better. At least I hope they are. If they're not, let me know. We'll switch it up. I want to give you guys what you want. Before we get started, uh, just a reminder that uh, we do have the subscription. You can support the podcast by uh, anywhere in the descriptions, wherever you're subscribed to the podcast, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Check the descriptions. There should be a link to go to the Anchor profile, and the Anchor profile has a subscription that you can decide to uh, subscribe in a monetary way to help support. Give me a little bit of a budget to be able to schedule uh, some of these awesome guests and get them in here. I really enjoy doing it. I want to keep doing it. So help me out. Anyway, here we go. Coach Ward. Hey. All right. Coach Ward. What's up? Good to see you. Yeah, man. We're over in uh, Edwardsville. That's right. Crazy place to meet. Well, we're here to compete, and uh, you're here doing what you do. So, That's right. Yeah. No better place to be today. So you guys are going, uh, what is it, the Cougar Clash? Cougar Clash. Tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Small tournament, D1 only, at um, SIUE. So us, SIUE, Chattanooga, Kent State, Cleveland State, Wisconsin, Arizona State. That's some, I think that that's a pretty good, uh, it seems to be a, a pretty evenly matched field, I guess. Well, here's the deal. Here's how, Should be competitive. Yeah, yeah. Here's how the, here's how the tournament started. Um, that was is, my next uh, question, so I'm glad you said that. Well, yeah. Um, I got, I got kind of frustrated with um, going to these big open tournaments. Right. And you got like, you know, 40 guys in a bracket, mm -hmm. and it's early in the season, November, early December. And, and, uh, and we had traditionally gone out to Vegas this weekend. We go literally, you know, East Coast all the way out to Vegas and over a $20,000 trip. We go out there and compete in these tournaments. The tournament's huge, and it's held in this, like, crappy convention center. There's no setting to it. It's just... Keep going, sorry. You're good, yeah, so we go I had, I had a technical difficulty with my headphones, but I realized what happened right now. There. Oh, wait, Bluetooth? I'm, I forgot I was Bluetooth yeah. connected, so I was listening to some stuff on the way over. So it was coming in, 
the feed and also on my Bluetooth. And yeah. uh, I got a notification on my phone, and that's why it, it stopped for a second. Got it. All right, continue. Sorry. Yeah. No, so we we would we used to go out to Vegas this time right. of year every year, and uh, it's just such a, a bear of a tournament. And um, we well, were talking about getting, uh, you know, maybe early season. Early season. Too big of tournaments. Yeah, I, I just felt like for us, the past couple years, maybe we were trying to just make Vegas work for our team when it probably wasn't the best thing for us mm -hmm. in the past. And so um, last year I started hosting a small division one only tournament, um, eight teams, and, um, and, and I was reaching out, like, man, I wish there was another one of those. Um, so I started calling coaches and, and saying, hey, is anybody else interested in doing something the weekend of Vegas instead of going to Vegas? Right. And uh, Jeremy was like, yeah, for sure, I definitely want to do something. And I said, why don't you host a tournament? <laughs> and he was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, I'd come. I don't want to host another one. Um, and, uh, and he started making calls, and, and uh, he put it together. So. I guess St. Louis is a pretty good airport, too. It's easy. It's like, you know, it's not flying from New York to Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a five-hour flight, um, you know, east coast to west coast time zones. and So just going yeah. to St. Louis is easy. Right. It seems like some other teams were interested in it as well. So, no, I think it's going to be a good tournament. It's a so go through field. the field again one more time. Yeah, it's, it, it's Army. Mm -hmm. um, SIUE, obviously, uh, Cleveland State, Kent State, Chattanooga, Wisconsin, and Arizona State. Oh, nice. Arizona yeah. State. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, that has some, some real tough individuals. I mean, yeah. they got a pretty good team, but yeah. some really solid individuals. And that's, uh, I was just thinking about that when you were saying it. It's, uh, when you're scheduling for wrestling, it's so much different. Um, I was thinking of it, I always try to compare, like, if we have a problem with wrestling or if we have a, not well, not a problem with wrestling, I'm saying that wrong. What I mean is you have a problem that you're trying to solve, right, within wrestling yeah. as a coach. Yeah. I try to think, like, in other sports, like, what would be a similar problem, right? And yeah. The problem becomes wrestling when you're trying to schedule is a lot of times you'll have a, a, a small number of individuals who are better than the other people on the team, right? Yeah. And that's mostly right, yeah. the case with most teams. Right. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing, yeah. right? On a football team, you probably have a handful of guys that are better sure. at their position than everybody else on the team. Right. The difference is that you don't create a football schedule like, man, my D-back is really good. We got to find a team that has a really good... So, you know, you don't, you wouldn't, you don't just see college football coaches trying to make their schedule around matchups for an all-star D-back right. with a you know, top prospect wide receiver Yeah. Uh, to try to get that matchup. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of a different, but, but that definitely comes into play in wrestling. You know, you, if you yeah. have a good guy, you want to try to get him to good matches. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that that's why you see a lot of teams schedule change year to year more so than you would maybe in some other sports, I that's guess. It's a good idea. I haven't, I haven't thought about that very much, but I'm sure that's part of it. So, uh, which team do you guys think that you got, you are looking? Speaking of matchups, which yeah. which team do you think you match up with? Team wise, should be really interesting. And what individual matchups you guys got? Well, um, you know, team wise, it's it, it, everything's is good for us because we're going to see teams w that were would not have been on our schedule if we didn't come here. Sure, we wouldn't see any of them. They would not be on our schedule. So when I look at scheduling, that's really what I look at. Right is how many unique matchups can we get. Yeah. Uh, we're in the, in the Northeast, there's 16 teams in our conference. It's really saturated in the Northeast with college programs, which is a great thing, but you can see a lot of the same teams over and over and over. Sure. So we come out here, and I think there's four different, there's what, six, seven teams, and four different conferences present. Yeah. So we're gonna see teams that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. So for us, 
um, every team that's here is, you know, is, is, is a great opportunity for us. Um, and and there, I'm telling you, I mean, obviously, you know, you look at you've got uh, the number one guy in the country and that returning national champion at 174. Right. Everybody wants to wrestle those guys. Right. You've got uh, Wick at 165 that's, I think, ranked second in the country. Um, those are big-time matchups. And uh, if you get an opportunity to wrestle guys like that. So um, I'm sure everybody in the gym tomorrow is going to be feeling the same way about those. But, um, no, and, and for us, seriously, it's like every single matchup we get tomorrow is one we would not have had otherwise. Right. So it's a chance to pick up wins, which you know how the, the scheduling works now to get to the national tournament. Each unique win that you have um, carries over, and it's going to matter at the end of the season right. whether you're going to the national tournament or not. So a lot of opportunities for us tomorrow. It's for the for some of the people who may not be as familiar with that, you're talking about the RPI system, right? It's RPI and it's quality wins, yeah. and, and we get a chance to wrestle teams from other conferences, and they're competitive too, so sure. they're going to pick up wins inside their conference, and the common opponents become a factor. So the bottom line is the, most, the more unique matchups you can get, the better it helps. The, it's, they're good opportunities. If you lose them, it doesn't matter what happened. You know, you right. got to win matches. Um, right. is the bottom line. But you know, the more diverse your schedule, um, I think the more opportunities that you have. So that's really what it was for for us is to find a, a good quality event that's not going to last for two full days um, and manageable travel at this time of year. You know, finals are coming up. Sure. Don't like missing three days of school to go out to Vegas. So um, no, it'd be a good tournament. That's uh, what, so what you guys got next after this? So after this, we go back and then we have Drexel next Friday night. Mm, okay. And then we're, and then we're done until, no, we go to Philly. Okay. So we're, we're going to wrestle Drexel in Philly the night before the Army Navy football game, which is also in Philadelphia. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it worked out. That's really cool. Yeah. We go get a picture in front of the big Rocky statue. Yeah. If we, yeah, if we win, we'll get to run the stairs. <laughs> and if we lose, we'll get to run the stairs. So, <laughs> yeah. Same, same, uh, same result, just slightly different tone behind. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. That's funny. Well, what else is going on? Catch me up. Yeah, man. Um, no, I haven't talked to you since, uh, I mean, I think we've probably spoken it here and there, but I guess, uh, oh man. What was the last time? Well, you guys were up at Journeyman. Yeah, but I, th I know I've talked to you since then. But we came out and visited and saw the campus. And man, that was awesome. It was, yeah. That was one of the coolest things I've done still is yeah. uh, to come up there and sit on top of the cliff tops and look over it's the sweet. river. And yeah. uh, just the history, you know, that, right. that, that is there. And you can feel it. I mean, yeah. Every single I'm day. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. No, about. but I'm telling you, man. And, and, and sometimes, you know how it is. If you work anywhere, sometimes you can kind of grow a little bit immune to, um, mm. or, or you kind of maybe lose um, touch with how special the place is. And um, but um, but there, I'm telling you, it's almost impossible. Like every day, you know, you're reminded yeah. how special the place it is. But so that's. I was listening to a guy talk this morning, and he was you talking about getting, you know, kind of losing sight maybe of how yeah. special an opportunity yeah, for sure. is. And, he was talking about how uh, somebody was asking him how he was able to, you know, basically work his butt off for the last two years. Like, and he, and he just said, you know, this opportunity I have is so ridiculous. Like, I feel like right. I would be a fool if I wasted that. Like, That's I a good reminder. Advantage of every <laughs> yeah. Because who gets this kind of opportunity? You right. Know? Uh, yeah. And, and he had an opportunity that was just, you know, unbelievable that came out of nowhere. And he's just talking about like he would just feel terrible if he didn't take full advantage of it yeah. and that's yeah I feel that way sometimes and I forget about it sometimes like you were saying yeah I have to bring yeah. myself back to going like hey man you're pretty freaking lucky to get to 
coach right. wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No kids. That's a right? good gig. Like I get up and I go to the my office is connected to the restaurant. I get up and I walk through the restaurant room every morning. Yeah, you know, it's yes. not, it's really not work. But you know what? Like I I got out of the sport of wrestling after you know uh, I was a GA and then I got away from wrestling and, and I, I want to really, get back to that and minute, I really but, hated my job uh-huh. um, or one of them. I just really didn't like it. Um, so, you know, I haven't struggled with it maybe as much as some people because I have different perspective. Like, I, I worked the job, you know, that you don't want where, you know, you, you wear the, uh, you know, you, you dress up every day, you know, it's the dog and pony show strutting in the office, you know, and it's like, who can impress the boss the most? And um, it just wasn't for me. Um, so, uh, so now, you know, it, the cliche, you know, you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. You yeah. Know, well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I learned that at an early age, but. Um, for sure, and I mean, that's the thing that's hard to get even kids to understand, I think, for us, is that, uh, you know, when you say something like that, they they think that you're not ever going to, and I can remember that, like in my young young years going like, man, I got to find a job that right. like, it's yeah. just easy. Yeah. But there's a difference between easy and like enjoyable, yeah. right? And like yeah. just because you love something and you're good at it, right. doesn't mean that it's always fun. Like yeah, there's parts that suck, and that's yeah, yeah. That's 100%. what I've had to talk to some kids that you know, their parents will call me and say, you know, hey, he's having a hard time right now. He's just he's mentioned quitting, and I don't think he will. But yeah, you know, and you just got to talk, pull the side, the kid aside, and say, hey, man, I'm gonna be real with you. It's like you love this. I'm not saying you love it right now, and it's that enjoyable right now. But anything that you do, I mean, whatever you pick your dream job. What job do you want to do? And the kid will tell me, oh, I'd like to design video games. I'm like, okay. well, you think that they're, that's going to be always fun? Right. What about whenever you have a deadline and yeah. you're not where you're supposed to be? Yeah. And then you got to fill out the paperwork. And your boss tells you your first version sucked. Yeah. Go back and do it again. Right. It's gonna, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be parts that suck. Now, yeah. probably a lot more of it is enjoyable than is sucky. Yeah. But, and that's how this is. Like, right. you're just in one of the sucky parts right now. Right. And that's okay. You'll get past it. You know how I, I, I talk about that, too, and I talk with our team. It's like separating happiness from joy Hmm. like um you know happiness is this like feeling you have at the moment but if you can go deeper and find joy in what you're doing you know even if you're happy right then or not you know and 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 i tell you what you know it's really helped me probably understand it more um you know was having kids and um you're just saying you know you you have a one-year-old and like waking up at like two or three in the morning, you know, and changing diapers, well, that, that, that's not fun, you Ooh. know, you know, but like, you know, like having kids is the funnest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, it's the best thing ever. So that's, you know, I use that analogy a lot. And it's like, man, sometimes you just gotta, you know, put up with the things that, you know, aren't as much fun, but you know, you gotta find joy in, in, Absolutely. in what you're doing, so. And, and I think that uh, I was listening to Rogan's podcast on the way over here about and he had Jordan Peterson on and Jordan Peterson is all I, I follow a lot of his stuff okay. um, really yeah. good stuff and uh, he said something that man it just you, you know you just hear somebody that's smart say something that's so obvious and simple but yeah. well, it's not obvious and right. not simple like yeah. it is once you've been privy to it like yeah. when someone points it out you're like yeah. oh my god but he was talking about how you yourself are a community and like you can't be selfish. Like, you don't want to be selfish in society, and you don't want to be selfish in your own community. And I was kind of lost at this point. So he goes, well, think of it like this. Every moment, you're a different person than you were before, right? So there's the you from five years ago. There's the year from two years ago. There's okay. the you from two weeks ago. Yeah. Those are all different people because they have different experiences, and you are the accumulation of your experiences, right? Yeah, like, yeah. 
And then he said, but then you've got the future you, that you don't know who that's going to be, right? And like, you can't serve the current you only. Like, you have to consider the past you because that helps you make better decisions for the future you. Yeah. But you also have to be aware of your current present you. Like, you have to be present, but you right. also have to be making decisions to benefit other people. And those other people are the past and the present and huh. the future you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's something that I've been trying to get, uh, a message that I've been exploring a little bit and trying to get through to my kids is that idea, um, because it's so hard for a nine or 10 year old cognitively to understand long-term Shoot, man, it's hard for somebody in their Investment. early 20s. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's hard. But I think that that's one, that's one of the things that I do love about wrestling is it's very rarely does someone put in a ton of work and not see some sort of benefits. Right? And rarely, you know, on the uh, flip side, rarely does someone not put in any work and have success. Yes. There's the outliers. Sure. There's the people that do, sure. you know, yeah. and we've all been around them. Yeah. But it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. What do you th Speaking of those outliers and those people that don't maybe don't, work hardened. Uh, I was in a debate a couple weeks ago about talent. Yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts on talent? I mean, I think it's a real thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm aware of a lot of the research and especially the books that have gotten mm -hmm. popular over the last seven, eight years probably. Um, you know, that, I mean, there's a book, you know, I read called Talent is Overrated, you mm -hmm. know, and I completely disagree with the title. I'm like, <laughs> I get the message, you know, but talent is a very real thing um, to me and uh, it is extremely important. At the same time, um, skills can be developed, sure. and uh, and I'm you know 100% believe in deliberate practice and understand um, you know how you can become much better at anything that you deliberately practice you know in the appropriate way. Yeah. Um, but it's just I think it, I I think that you're just like kidding yourself and others to say that talent doesn't matter. Like of course talent matters, and you're born able to to do and not born you know at right, some point right. in your life you're able to do some things better than you are others and you're able to do some things better than other people are yeah so i think talent is a real thing um you know it's not everything but um you know it can certainly be developed and it can certainly be wasted so yeah i was uh i was arguing that there isn't talent right but my actual statement was like when i boiled it down was that i don't know if i 100 percent believe that but I feel like I'm better off if I do believe it. Yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. So like, yeah. Um, I think that they, they call that um, perceived truth versus like actual truth, right? right. So one yeah. common example that I heard someone talking about was um, porcupines and how most people think that they can throw their quills, yeah. which is not true, but you're better off if you believe that it is true because <laughs> stay they'll stay away. further away. Yeah. Right? Um, so like that's kind of the, the approach that I've taken is that I try to operate under the assumption that there's no such thing as talent because I feel like as a coach, and especially dealing with kids five through 10, okay. 11, yeah. 12 yeah. years old, right? Yeah. Is if I'm, if I'm looking through the lens of talent, then I'm going to maybe put certain kids on a pedestal or give them more attention because I see more potential in them. Mm -hmm. Whereas I have seen now, if we talk about statistically, I don't know where it would fall, but I've seen many kids over the years that you know, at, at eight or nine years old, you're going, oh, geez, you might want to find another sport. And yeah, then all yeah, of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in high school, they just, they get it. Like, it clicks, and it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, and, and, and that can, you know, brings up another point is, especially coaching youth, I'm coming from a different perspective. Sure, absolutely. College, but the principle is the same. 
um, in that there is this, you know, this realization of your expectations. And there have been double-blind studies that show, you know, with elementary school kids, yes. if teachers are told these kids are high performers, yes. was that um, in these grit? people aren't. I think they talked, or uh, um, uh, she probably does. I think they talked about the talent code. Too. She probably that was a and, book, and I read, you know, that I read that one. Um, Dogworth probably talks about it. Um, I think the the what was the last book I read that you know may have referenced it. Um, this, that's what I found myself too is multiple books referencing the same studies. Yeah, and I yeah, get them you see that crossed up, and I guess it's a good thing though, right? I mean, well, yeah, um, you know, as long as it's good research, I right, guess. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, if you if you believe that these kids are high performers, another group are low performers. Um, at the end of the year, the group that you believe were supposed to be the high achievers will have higher scores. Yeah, and the group that you did not think. And, and the reality of it is, nobody knew. It was yeah, a guess. Sure. You know, they yeah. were all, they actually maybe all tested the same, you know, before. So there is this like fine line of as a coach, you know, or a mentor, mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, educator. Um, you know, yeah, you can believe that talent, talent is a real thing. Can't fall in love with it, right. you know, and you can't make um, judgments on people based on, you know, what your opinion sure. of their talent may be at that time. Yeah. I, think, I, I think that, you know, is, is a dangerous Yes. You know, way yeah, to look yeah. at things is to fall in love with it and think that you can recognize talent and and all of a sudden you know you, you really could you know change the trajectory of someone's you know yeah. whatever that career is. Yeah, and that's where I'm basically coming from is I I uh, I think that I have which I think all of us that are influencing youth in any way whether it's at the college level or the. Mm -hmm. beginner level or high school whatever it is like we have a certain amount of responsibility to try to give every kid the best chance to succeed you yeah. know and yeah. uh, and I want them to believe that nothing matters except how hard they work because right. that's the only thing that really does matter and yeah and when when you say that the talent and things like that that I'm sure yes like certain people and my argument was basically that what happens is there's things that you don't know that you're doing for your kid, to your kid, around your kid um, that gives them a leg up in certain areas within a couple years, right? Yeah. So one that I see, observe a lot, is it's very evident to me when kids come in as beginners, as five-year-olds, which ones have parents that are active and which ones have parents that aren't. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, we start out, most of my five to nine-year-old class has to do with basic positioning. Um, plyometric movements, uh, body awareness, balance, coordination, core strength, yeah. things like that, right? Because we are working from the ground up. So like the common misconception I think is that you want to try to make your kid a good wrestler earlier. And where I say is that like, I want to make my kid a good athlete. Yeah, for sure. Because even if they decide not to do wrestling, they're going to be good at anything else. And, yeah. and vice versa is if kids are doing that in football, like right. where they're getting core strength and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't yeah, start yeah. wrestling until they're 10, they're usually fine. They're okay. It's not a big deal. Yeah, they're all right. It's the ones that start when they're 10 and haven't really done anything. Right. And they have no yep. coordination, they have no yep. core strength. They, have not, like, yep. they can't stay in a stance. You right. try to put them in a stance, their knees are close. They're yeah. like squatting yeah. down, falling over. It's yeah. like, you can't, it's hard to do anything with that. And yeah. they're starting from way behind. But yeah. I've had tons of kids that started at 10 years old that are doing, nobody, nobody's ahead of them. You know right. I mean? Nobody that, or any more than anyone else. They're, gotcha. they're the same as most yeah. of the, it wouldn't be statistically significant in any way. Yeah, yeah. But it's because they just started playing with other sports. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not that much different when you talk about what your body needs to be able to do until right. you start to specialize and, and go at a really high level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, back to the, the talent part of that is that I want them 
to believe that all they have to do is work hard because that's all they can do, right? Like, if we, if we do agree that talent exists, it's like, well, what can you do about it? Like, you, yeah. can't, like you either have it or you don't. Yeah. You can't go get it, right? Like, it's, you can gain more skills and become right. talented, but you're really not, like, the actual definition of talent would be that it's kind of innate, and right? That you just yeah, didn't you do anything, it. you just got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't think that there's any benefit in my kids believing that, whether it's true or not, is that, and that's what I came back to in this argument, was like, yeah. okay, well, let's switch the argument. Let's not argue whether it exists or not. Let's argue, like, what's the benefit in admitting that it exists? Yeah, yeah. There isn't really no, much of a, a benefit because I want my, like I said, I just want my kids to feel that they have their future in their hands. Like yeah. They decide. Well, you know what? And, and, and since we're both wrestling coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and, and wrestling's a big part of my life, I relate everything back to it. But wrestling, especially folk-style wrestling, you know, is a sport where, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a weight-class sport, you know, so you're not, you know, against anybody that's, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, right. you know. Um, they can be faster and stronger, but sure. they're, the, they're the same size as right. you. Um, you know, it's, it's an endurance sport that takes place in six or seven minutes, you know, where fatigue becomes an issue. So it really is a sport where, you know, whatever natural born talent you have can be mitigated a little bit or a lot, right. you know, based on how hard somebody works. Sure. Um, so that's, a, you know, that's one of the, one of the things that we love about wrestling, but, you know, that's, that's a really interesting idea, the, the porcupine principle, that's what I'm going to start calling it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but, um, whether you know it's true, that, that's a good question, is what, what does it benefit, you know, to admit if something's true or not? Right. So, no, that's an interesting way to look at it. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of those that I, at once I started thinking in those terms, I started thinking differently about how I word things and how I say mm-hmm. things around mm-hmm. the kids because it can't be just lip service. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't tell kids after practice one day, you know, once every two months that, hey, talent's not real and you guys need to just work hard and don't worry about who's more talented. Like, yeah. you can always catch people. You can always outwork them. You can yeah. always do that. It's got to be every day you got to be treating them as though that is true right. or they won't believe that it's true. That's right. right. They won't buy into it if yeah. it's not full commitment to that idea. Yeah, they'll see right through that. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that we, and it, I think that it was uh, actually a phrase that I stole from that study that you were referencing earlier. I use a lot in practice, and I was just kicking myself last night in bed. I couldn't sleep because I was so mad that I didn't say it at practice last night because last night we got I got a little frustrated with the work ethic that was happening, the focus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One thing that we come back on all the time, and I get so mad about it. It's the only thing I practice that I get mad at all the time. Every time, every time, it's just, and what it is is when I break down technique, I show technique in a way where I might show it two or three different times, right? So I show it and I don't go into great detail. I'll give you like two or three things. Yeah. Just focus on these two or three things. Yeah. That's going to get you in the situations where you're going to at least have a familiarity. Yeah. Two minutes, we're going to bring it back in Learn and I'm going to give you way more yeah. details. Right. Yep. Yep. So, but you have a reference, you have a frame of reference to go off of. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, when I wasn't there, I did feel this. Like I didn't, okay, I got it. Right. So. What's happening in a lot of times is I can tell when they're not engaged because I'll only give them two or three things to focus on and they'll go out there and work it and they're doing none of the, literally two or three things. Like, right. Like you, really, you only had two things. You had two jobs. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Two things to focus on. Yeah. And they're not doing it. And that's where it like breaks me. And I, last night I got so frustrated. But when I get frustrated, I try to follow up with this phrase, which is, guys, I know I get frustrated and I know I get mad at you sometimes. And I'm not really mad at you. Okay, I'm frustrated that you're not right. working as best you can. Yeah. But here's the thing. I have super high expectations for all of you, 
But the reason I have those expectations is because I know you guys can reach you can, them. You can do it, 100%. And I wouldn't have these expectations, so I didn't think you could do it. Yeah. And that's and I want you guys to know that that's where I'm coming from. I don't think yeah. any less of you. It's that I'm going to hold the bar high Yeah. because I know that you want me to. Yeah. And I should because you're yeah. all capable of And how are these kids? Um, that was my elite class, but they're, so they're all eighth grade or below, but I only have, uh, I think, two or three eighth graders, and the rest are all mostly like 12 and under. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's a really good group though, and, and they they've bought in. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. They're all like, there's just that's the that's the best feedback that I get all the time is when new people come to our practices. They're like, there's just no messing around. But right. It's, but at the same time, it's not like an intense place, like where they're going in. Like, I gotta be. Yeah. Ready. No, like, I get it. There's a not, difference but, in like you know the physical intensity and just the amount of focus that's there too. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's the that's the like when we come in here, we're focused, and that yep. doesn't mean that it's always going to be super intense. Like, just by nature. Working turns on top is not an intense hey, man, drill. You're talking about the same thing with nine-year-olds, and I'm talking, you know, to 18, 22, oh, sure. 23-year-olds sure. in college. I think the hope is by the time they get to 23, they start to click. Come the on, problem for me more. is that it took till I was literally like my last no year kidding, in college. Right? It was like, yeah. dude, why didn't this click like yeah. years ago? Hey, we got so we have a uh, uh, we call it an, an athletic intern, but it, it's a it's a grad assistant pretty okay. much. It's his first job after graduation. Uh -huh. He stays back and helps our program. So he's wrestling with somebody in the room the other day. And we got a kick out of it. His name is Jack. So Jack's wrestling with somebody. We hear Jack go, we're teaching technique. We're probably going for like an hour and I'm teaching. And Jack's drilling with a guy and Jack, we hear him going, what do you not understand about? And then we just gave him all kinds of hell after practice. We're like, hey, welcome to coaching, yeah, Jack. Exactly. That's it right there. Exactly. Did I just hear you say, what do you not understand about? It's like, well, I just didn't get it. What did he not understand? I told him exactly what to do. Seems what so simple. Not, yeah. Right? It's, like, it's like, yep, we'll get ready for that. He's like, why are you guys laughing at me, man? It's like, you guys are giving me hard. It's like, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Because we, we all 100%. <laughs> like, don't forget, I was saying that to you for every day for the past four yeah. years too. Uh, that's too funny. You well, know? I think in our mind, it's like it's uh, like trying to give somebody a ten dollar bill, uh, and they're like, "I don't understand." Yeah, and you're like, like "Wait a just second. take the money." Yeah, there's no if catch. You just, just take it. Knew how important this was. <laughs> yeah, right. You would get everything else out of your freaking mind. Yeah, right now. and and sometimes, and we're, we're all of us do it, right? It's like the one little thing that like we're we're limiting ourselves by what we think we know what they're saying. Right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, I think I know it. And then they're like, no, that's not it. Yeah. And you're like, no, I think that that's what you're saying. And yeah. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Right. And you go back and forth until you like step back and go like, wait a second. What am I, like, what, let me put myself in their shoes. What are they trying to say? Yeah. But that's a hard skill to learn. It's a it's, skill. It is. That's, yeah. Right. For sure. Well, that's what I, and it, that's back I to hope the talent. Because right? I it's like, it's I approach everything like it is. Yeah. If, the, if yeah. there's anything I want to know how to do, I got to assume that I can do anything. Yeah. Right. What I say and what I try to say to kids is like, what you may have is you may have, you may be starting with a skill set that's less than other people, yeah. right? Just because of the nature sure, of what yeah. you've done the rest of your life. That's like reality. Maybe you've studied things or been inclined towards things yeah. that have given you a leg up at this point. And that's yeah. what I always try to explain to them is really what talent is, right? So like for me, my daughter is about 13 months old Okay. and like, my wife's a personal trainer. I'm a wrestling coach. She goes to wrestling practice with me at least twice a week. Oh, she already does. Yeah, I mean, she but she just plays. She doesn't go to wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah. She yeah. plays over in the corner, and the other little sisters that are there at practice grab okay. her and they play with her. Right. But the thing is, is that she's being exposed so early, not in any structured way or making her do it. Yeah. But I know if she decides to wrestle, she's going to be talented. Yeah. Because she understands the game and it's familiar. Yeah. And she's yeah. going to be doing like. She's been, uh, I think my other wife the other day was doing, um, 
what they call like oh bicycles. Like okay. She was on her yeah, back yeah. working abs doing yeah. bicycles. Yeah. And the one year old's on her back like kicking her feet in the I air love trying it. to imitate. I her, love it. Right. So yeah. it's like people are gonna say that she's talented. Right. It's like it's not talent. Like, but we didn't make her work it either. She's just around it and yeah, she understands it from an early age. And sometimes there's crossover, right? So like we said earlier with the sport, like if my wife's a personal trainer and I didn't coach wrestling, she still might get the same benefits because she hasn't seen wrestling, but she's been doing core strength activities just by imitating mom for the last five years. That's funny. And uh, (laughs) and we were working on trying to get her to understand a somersault. She can't even walk yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Teach her how to do a somersault. That's... That'll be another year away. Yeah, but, or before you know it, man. It's pretty oh, like that. That's that is the truth. That's too that funny. We truth. so so our oldest is three and a half now, and um, and he started. I you know I take him to the wrestling room with mm-hmm. me or whatever you know since probably a year old or whatever. Yeah. And one night in the living room, Hannah, my wife, was like, "Look at him. He's he's doing what the wrestlers are doing." And he's sitting on the floor and he's like spinning, like doing like sit out. Yeah. You know, right. the sit out changeover. Yeah. And then I was like, "Hey, that's called a sit out changeover." So I still say, "Hey, hold, do your sit out changeover." He gets on the floor, starts spinning around. You know, has no idea what it is. Never right. taught it. No. You know. No. Yeah, but that, I think that's what the trick is to youth wrestling is getting point. kids to do movements that are related to wrestling. Yeah, but don't we're not putting it in the context of that you're doing wrestling. Stuff. I say the same thing, but you said you know about teaching youth. Like I tell Hannah, like our whole, I'm like get yeah, Holton gymnastics. Like yes. I just want him moving. Yeah, I don't care if he's wrestling. I mean, oh, yeah, I hope he wrestles one day. But I just want him to be athletic. Right. I want him to have good core strength. Um, yeah, I want him to be able to roll around and not hurt right. himself. When I want him to be able to change directions when he's moving, mm-hmm. you know, and just make an athlete. And then you can, you know, throw an athlete either direction. You know, an athlete can go play football. An athlete can play lacrosse. An athlete can wrestle. And That's if they decide that they don't want to, like, then you just have a more healthy person because yeah. they're used to doing athletic stuff. Yeah, so let's not go down that people. road yet. Yeah, yeah, let's not go that far. Well, I'm definitely gonna wrestle, right? Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Well, I've told people. I say I'm very open. I said, like my daughter, she won't have a choice on yeah. whether she wrestles or not. What she will have a choice on is to what extent. Yeah. So if she wants to go once or twice a week to practice, and that's all she wants to do, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. She never wants to wrestle a tournament. That's cool. And if she wants me, to be yeah. the next Adeline Gray, that's cool with me too. Do it. Whatever. Do it, girl. <laughs> There's just too many good lessons to learn from the sport. Right. I'm not going to let her not participate on any level. When people ask me, like, yeah, are, you, are your kids going to wrestle? I'm like, you know what? It's 100% up to them, really. They can wrestle folk style or freestyle. It's their choice. <laughs> you know, 100% up to them. There you go. Yeah. You're going to have some mad people with the Greco. Yeah, they can go Greco, too. I just can't <laughs> coach it. Yeah, just, I'm just not going to be much help. So that, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that, all right, because this is an interesting problem that I've run into. I catch a lot of stuff because our club doesn't have a Greco program. Okay. All right. And people will be like, well, you guys don't do Greco. Oh, you should do Greco. Like, okay. Well, here's the problem. You say we should do Greco because you're automatically here. Let me back up for a second. What happens is people will categorize my academy based on what's convenient for them. Right. Sure. So yeah. in that, yeah. and I don't think they think about it. It's not a nefarious type no, thing yeah. happening. Right? right. But in that scenario, they're, they're lumping me with any other club. And what I mean is, like, if you have a club at your high school that is a club in the off-season, right? You don't yeah. charge anything. Like, it's just free to come dress on the off-season. Yeah. But I'm charging a premium price. So it's like, I'm not, I don't know how to coach Greco. Like, I know how to wrestle Greco a little bit. Right. And I know some basics. Yeah. But I'm asking you to pay a premium price, and I'm not going to ask you to pay a premium price for something. For something really that I'm going to average yeah. at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you put it like that to them, they're like, oh, 
And I think it makes them their wheels turn of like, then the next dot that they connect is like, but you are charging a premium price for folks on freestyle. So you implying that, okay, oh, now I see what yeah. might be a little different. Is yeah. that like, and that's the idea is that, that, you know, basically if you're coaching a club in the off season as a high school coach, that's not a private club, right? Like a, if it's just a, mm-hmm. your school club. Yeah, come on in. It's basically you're volunteering. That's it, yeah, come on in, show up. So I'll run practice. Um, and then you get into the state. Each state has their own rules on what you can and can't do. Yeah. And uh, so I've told people is that basically I just don't want to have any restrictions. I want to be able to work with who I want, when I want. Yeah. And I want to be able to do it all the time. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I'm trying to make a living doing what I know that I'm good at. Right. And I enjoy doing. Yeah. And uh, and I just need to make enough money to be able to keep doing that. That's yeah. it. That's right. really about it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and I think that, that we're getting over that kind of uh, hump a little bit. With in this area, there's been a little bit of uh, I think you know, a couple years ago resistance. Well, maybe you know when things are, are cruising, you got all that extra time on your hands. You know, then maybe you go an expert in Greco, and yeah, there's right? a market opportunity well, love, for you. We have some good Greco guys in the area, and I think that that would be the next step is to get one of them incorporated. Yeah. But it's like, so now we need to build a Greco program when I don't even have this off the ground right yeah let's build this off the ground and then we can expand we can't offer everything at once yeah you know you just can't open up day one and go all right we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna offer this we're gonna have this we're gonna put this program in right not only do what you're really good at don't rush to failure you know and another yeah yeah Yeah. and i well i'm glad you said that too because that reminded me of the same problem i've been trying to convince a lot of parents of is they want their kid they're like well he needs to get better at this, he needs to get better at this, he needs to get better at this. It's like, we all need to get better at Everybody. a lot of things. Like, yeah. Let's pick like two. What's important Let's right pick now. two. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then what happens is, and they don't recognize it, and I need to probably do a better job of communicating it, but like we'll spend months on, on our feet, right? In neutral position. Yeah. They'll go to a tournament and they get ridden like nobody's business. Right. Like, man, he can't get off bottom. And I'm like, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, well, when was the last time you saw us work on bottom in the room? Uh-huh. It's been months because right. we have so many kids missing so many basic skills with being able to sprawl, stay in a stance, fight head position, yeah. get their hands on. Like they all just want to yeah. move and shoot from outside. Right. It's like, let's do that because I guarantee you, if they do that, like if they can get inside, they're going to get a lot more takedowns. Yeah. And they're going to be much more comfortable choosing bottom. So they're gonna get more time on top. Yeah. They're gonna be comfortable choosing bottom because they'll have a lead. Yep. They're not gonna be worried about like, man, if I choose bottom, I might lose the match because I get ridden out. Right, yeah, because it's 1-1. One, one. Right, right. So, or whatever. And, yeah, and, and just trying to like, hey man, Lily, let's pick one or two things first. Yeah. And let's start there. Yeah. We don't have to fix everything at once. No, because that's, that's, you know, hey, I have this problem at the college level. You know, I have, you know, after competitions, we got guys, and I absolutely love it. It's not really not a problem. It's sure. just an, maybe an issue. Like, well, I need to get better at this, and get better at this, and yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. If you want to be an Olympic champion next year, you got to get better at all ten of those things, like really fast. Yeah. Um, you know, but for you to get to the next level when you're wrestling right now, you just got to get better at one. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's fine. The one thing you got to work on right now and get better at. So it's fine to not, you know. That goes back to you as the coach, you know, really having a vision of, okay, what's my process? You know, what mm-hmm. is my program? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, a technique of the week, you know, or I just, you know, watch whatever technique video and come to the gym and show it that day, right. you know, right. where it doesn't fit together. And right. um, you know, it doesn't make sense, you know, in my opinion. So, sure. Yeah, you just got to have trust that, you know, hey, here's how we develop them. Yeah. You know, whatever your system is, you know, and, and systems work. So, 
if you have a good one, you know, then you stick to it. And, and yeah, that's, that's where I've gone back and forth because early on I was really against systems because in principle at the very onset is when I think of a system, I think of like, well, in this system, there's going to be somebody that misses out, right? Because people, yeah, okay. But what, but I was I was not thinking of system in the correct capacity. What I I was not being nuanced. I was being very black and white. Yeah. This is a system, right? Yeah. Like an assembly line. And right. If you put all the same parts on, like there's some kids that are not going to operate well. Yeah. With that, and the, and you're yeah. going to miss a lot of them. Right? Yeah. So I was like, well, I, how can I say that I want to have a system when I know that the system is going to exclude some people, right? Yeah. And there is no perfect system, but. I thought, well, if I don't have a system, but really what I was saying is I need to have a systematic approach, but that systematic approach has nuances and flexibility that's within right. it. That's right, yeah. And that's where yeah. I kind of have come to settle now, is in that realm of, of yeah, you gotta have a system. Like, my, my practices are generally have the same layout pretty much all mm -hmm. the time, right? So that is a system that the kids become familiar with. Yeah. And once they're familiar with it, then they're more comfortable. And they're, they're not thinking about, man, what are we gonna do today? What's practice gonna be like today? They're thinking about, okay, coach says, when we step in the room, like, get focused and have something to be working yeah, on. Like, right. have something that you're focused on that day. What am I gonna get better at today? Yep. And it's hard to focus on that if you're going like, what's he gonna throw at us today? Like, mm -hmm. what kind of crazy weird thing? Now, every now and then you got to, right? Because I Mix it tell up. them, yeah, you, you gotta deal with adversity. You gotta be able to right. be, you know, quick on your feet and adjust. But we're not going to do that every day. Yeah. Most days you're going to know pretty much what's going to happen. I, had, I think, uh, I don't know if you watched the, I work for Rudis, so I'm plugging Rudis here. Okay. But the Rudis, uh, the, the Ask Carrie segment that they just came out with. So Carrie Colott's doing, uh, they've only done like two episodes so far. It's called Ask Carrie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. It was, it was really good. Um, but he was talking about that as a coach, talking about taking that fear out of them by letting them know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? And yeah. And uh, what are his thoughts? What did he say? Well, he was he's just in, saying, he's in agreement with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he was saying it, yeah. it's something that's helped him out a lot with his practices. Yeah, he goes in and he says, All right, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And like, if you go in ahead of time and say, Hey, we're only having an hour of practice today, your intensity is gonna go up because you're saying that, and but you have to follow through with it. You yeah. can't say we're gonna have an hour of practice and then go for it. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, <clears throat> and so yeah. saying, like, All right, my practice is only gonna be an hour today, but I expect the intensity high. Well, now they're not worried about like well, how long are we gonna have to do this. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna go work. And yeah. it's only gonna be an hour. Hour is nothing. I can right. bust that right. out. Right, and then you take. But you know, then you get back to what I said, like the nuance. Like you can't do that every single time, right? Right. But I do see the benefit in that. And no, we, that's interesting, man. I could talk about that practice planet, you know, that and I have it. Well, talk about you it. know, with it's like. <laughs> tell me well, about. I'll, I'll tell you. I'm always you know, looking. Well, from my from my personal from my experiences, um, you know, in college, um, you know, we. John ran pretty much every practice, mm -hmm. uh, and we typically had no idea what the hell to expect for the day, right. you know, and it was, you know, it's just his attitude showing in the way he runs things is like, well, you need to know what you're going to do. You're going to attack whatever it is you're going to do, you know, and something unexpected comes along, you know, you're, you're not going to go off course, you know, you're just going to, you know, um, attack everything that's in front of you, and you don't even know how long we're going to go, right. you know, we're going to go yeah. until we're done. Um, and there's a lot of benefit into it sure. uh, or in that system. And then, you know, some people, you know, take the opposite. Every Monday is the same. Every Tuesday is the same. So people know exactly what to expect. Right. So I've probably kind of bridged a gap somewhere in the middle um, over the past few years. So when I first got to West Point, 
I was still kind of doing things the old way. Like, um, you know, I'd tell them at the end of Monday what time practice was Tuesday, you know. Um, but there's a little bit more of a structure to the daily schedule at West Point, and these guys wanted yes. to know. They were like, hey, I need to know, like, um, if we're going to have an absolute smoker, like, let me know so I can not plan on doing a lot of homework that night. Right. You know, I can do it during the day yes. or the day before. And so I see the benefit now in, in, in more planning and then helping the athlete, you know, be a part of the planning. Yes. Even if they're not, you know, structured and making right. decisions, but they just know what's going to happen. Sure. Because yeah. then, you know, they can show up a little bit more prepared. And, yep. and um, I still go back and forth. I'm like you, you know, I throw in some days where, you know, hey, we're going to warm up today. And they show up and you're like, nope. All right, well, let's get going. You know, or it's you got to, you know, so we, we mix it up, but it really, it, it's really interesting to see, you know, what other coaches do and, and, and how they plan, you know, just on a weekly schedule and, and day to day and, and even down to each workout, you know, how, how much of the outline of practice, you yeah. know, do you, do you let the team know? And that's, that's kind of how I've started to, I'm very visual person. Yeah. So like when I say that I picture it in my head, like I literally yeah, yeah. picture it 100%. in my head in an organizational fashion that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. What I've kind of narrowed in on in the last couple of years is that basically, um, and this is going to sound really off the wall, like not, not super crazy, but really reaching here, is a lot of it I connect back to my um, English teacher in high school. Okay. And where I'm going with this is that's the first person that really explained to me in depth of how to like take notes, how to set up, organize your paper that you're going to write, right? So there's some sort of fashion to a beginning, a body, and an end, right? Yeah. And that when you take notes, you got, okay, what's the big thing we're talking about? What's the little thing we're talking about? And then yeah. what are the details under that, right? right? Yeah. And so what I've started to picture is that when you look at successful coaches or successful people at anything that they do, what you find is the bullet points are the same. What's yeah. different yeah. is just how they're going about those things. But yeah. like, there's, there's a lot of the same things happening, they just look different. Yeah. But the same benefit is being pulled out of it, right. if that makes sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I think that once you start thinking like that, you can watch other people and you don't, it, it becomes much more manageable, right? You don't go like, oh my gosh, he does things way different than me. I'm not, I can't just right. overhaul all my stuff. Yeah. But what you can do is pick out the things like, well, what, in, what is, what about what he's doing is really the benefit? Like yeah. what is coming out of that that That's right. is the benefit? Yeah. And how can I get that same benefit using yeah. that same similar type tactic, but maybe going about it a much different way, right? right? It's more natural with my personality yeah. and my Yeah, because you can't be somebody else, you know, no. and their personality just doesn't, you know, you try to be somebody else. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for the people that you're trying to serve. And Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen, there's tons of coaches that do a great job and are super intense. And then there's a bunch of coaches that I know that are super laid back, yeah. and they do a great job too. It's right. like, well, how can both of those exist in the yeah. same universe? Yeah, it's like because well, they're authentic, you know, and that's it works it, for right? them. So the, the trust, yeah. right? Because they, their athletes know that whoever they are, that's who they are. Mm -hmm. they, and they, they trust them because they know that they're not trying to be somebody else. They're not trying to fool them. They're not trying to trick them. They trust them, right? right. And that was one of the things I picked up about the trust, uh, an interesting thing that I kind of changed my mind about trust. And, and, and working with kids is super important to have trust, right? I mean, with any relationship, really. Yeah. But um, talked about how we kind of typically think of trust as something that comes, uh, or that, that you trust someone and then you're vulnerable around them. And it actually works exactly the opposite. Like yeah. you, ne you don't really build true trust until you're vulnerable right. with someone, 
right? Yeah. So the fact, like, I have trust with you now because we're sitting here having an honest conversation. I'm telling you about my thoughts, right? Yeah. So I'm being vulnerable yeah. to an extent and you're not making fun right. of me. Right, <laughs> yeah, because I could say, no, you're a freaking idiot, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, or, and, and right. I would be wrong. But, yes. Yeah, but I get it. But yeah. that, would, that would be, uh, you know, the way that you build the trust and that's uh, something that has helped me a lot because it makes me more aware of going out of my way at practices to be honest with the kids and say like, I messed that up. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Like we're, uh, we do a drill that's called one man, one minute. Almost every time I mess it up at some point, right? So it's one guy goes a minute, they break. So they're on like a hit interval timer. Yeah. Okay, so you have a one minute work, 12 minute rest. So, well, it's not real rest because in between the 12, or I say 12 minutes, 12, 12 minutes. seconds. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. One minute, 12 Shoot, seconds. Shoot, I can make yeah. it through that <laughs> <So> workout. <laughs> so, one minute, 12 seconds. And then, so you got one guy goes a minute, 12 seconds, they're bouncing. Yeah. While I'm giving feedback or instruction. Um, sometimes it's just, all right, get ready. Second guy's going in 10 seconds. Here we go. And go. So the second guy goes a minute. Same drill, same move. Okay. Inevitably, at some point, I call out the next move and all of them go, Second guy hasn't gone yet. Yeah. Oh my God. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. My, yeah. my bad, guys. Yeah. That's on me. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to pause it. I'm going to reset it so I don't short you any time. Yeah. Because I want you to get this full minute. Yeah. I'm sure they appreciate that. Well, that's the idea, too, is, <laughs> is, is, per, is how they view it, right? Yeah. So when I, when I say things like that, I'm being 100% serious. Yeah. I know that they probably are like, Oh, great. Like, we have to do the full minute. I thought I was going to get it short, right? Right. But I act like I don't even know that that thought process exists. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'll say it. Like, like I don't want you guys to miss out on your minute, but I'm being 100% serious when I say it. Yeah, sure you are. Even though I know exactly what I think. What they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, yeah. But I want them to understand. I want to brainwash them, basically, into thinking that the only way to think is to embrace challenge. Sure. Like, yeah. I'm looking for a challenge. I yeah. want to be challenged. I want to yeah. be pushed. And that's- so, you know, this, this, this brings up, so I had one of my wrestlers tell me earlier this year, he was like, coach, um, he was like, one thing I wish that you could do is like, if, you're, if we're going a seven minute match, like, make it seven minutes. Like, I want to know, like, I do, and he said, and he's 100% genuine too. Yes. He's like, yeah. I do my best when I know what's expected. Yes. And he's like, when I go into competition, I know the first period is three minutes. Yes. I don't have to wonder whether it's going right. to be three right. or three and a half or four minutes. Yes. And I was like, you know, it absolutely has a point. So it really made me think and, and, and second guess. I'm like, okay. So, you know, we just, we all think, because it's been beaten to our heads, all right, you know, I say three minutes, and if I go five minutes, whatever, you know, they got to be able to handle it. And there's truth to that. Um, but uh, but it's really made me think and second guess and maybe look at things like it makes me question more of for what sure. I'm doing. Like okay, I think this is best, but what's really best for yeah you know for the athlete? Yeah, because yeah. he's right. When you go to competition, you know the first minutes three right. you know, the first period is three minutes. Yeah, he's uh, like I just it's, you know I do better emotionally and mentally like where you know I know exactly what I've got in front of me. I'm smiling because I literally had a, almost the identical situation. Really? But I, I, the problem is, is what I'm doing right now, we're small, and I have a great assistant coach that helps me out, Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. He's awesome. But it's just us, right? Yeah. So what I miss a lot is that day-to-day interaction with other high-level coaches and other, other high-level minds to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. So a lot of these dialogues you're having with your athletes and with your coaches, like, it's just me in my head, in my bed 
at night, like thinking about this. Yeah, for sure. And I thought about that the other day is because what I saw was I almost always do that, right? So I go, okay, we're going to match. Well, when we do matches in my room, it's 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Well, we're in youth season. None of these kids wrestle a 2-2-2, two, 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 right. right? At most, the longest match they wrestle is like a 2-1-1. Oh, okay. Right. So, and that's not even in Missouri. That would be USA in Illinois. Oh, really? So, if we like, we're wrestling that uh, Illinois tournament tomorrow. Okay. It'll be two on one. All right. right. But like, Tulsa preseason, I think was like minute and a half, minute and a half, minute and a half, maybe. Really? Um, and then when you, if you go to the backside, it's one one one. One one one. That's okay. a match. But that's right, and that's, I saw, I see, and that's the same thing that happened to me as I just had this epiphany. Like, I was thinking about some of the kids' matches, and I was like. They thought, like not thought, thought, not yeah, in an intentional way, but their body, I could tell, thought they had more time. Yeah. You know, because I mean? they've been used to wrestling longer periods. Right. And what they are trying to do and what I'm trying to teach them, and I, I'm going back on it. I'm, I'm right now in the process of rethinking how I approach this altogether. Yeah. But yeah. I wanted my kids to be thinking, I don't have to go win and score like right this second, and I know that that sounds kind of backwards. Let me elaborate a little bit more. What I mean by that is, this is a match, and I can like if I have a tough opponent, I have the full match to break them. That's right. Like, I don't have to go do it in the first ten seconds. Yeah. Like I don't have to go out there like a crazy person, <laughs> you know, yeah. just getting all over. Like I need to go push the pace, but it needs to be a pace that I'm willing to keep yeah. for the whole match. Yeah. That I know he can't keep yeah. for the whole match. Yeah. So, like, the perfect threshold, right? Is I mean, that, that's not a popular thing to say, you know, especially you know, and in, in collegiate folks not wrestling, but it's a more mature way to look at things. Right. It's a realistic sure. way. Sure. You know, it may not be the most popular of you when you're supposed to just go break right. on. But it's it's almost impossible to break another wrestler in three minutes unless you are just that much better. Listen, I could go out there today, I haven't trained in a dozen years, and I can make it three minutes. You know, that's I can say I'm, I'm not gonna give up some points, but you know well, that's mentally the, that's and emotionally thing, right? I'm not breaking in three minutes. And if you make one mistake and that kid is at all uh, experienced yeah. in, in a match. Yeah, for sure. It's not hard to lay on bottom and not get scored on. It's free. And, that, it'd be and how are you going to call a kid for stalling on bottom in one minute period? Yeah. Like they have to do, be blatantly laying on their belly, hiding their head right. to get called. Like yeah. If you're just basing up and getting broke down, basing yeah. up and getting broke, you're not going to get called for stalling in a, uh -huh. in a minute. Right. Then on top, what happens is in youth wrestling, particularly, the discrepancy, the biggest discrepancy in position that I see in youth wrestling is leg riding. So like, at 10, 11, 12 years old, it's much easier to be a good leg rider than it is to be a good leg ride defender. Okay. Just yeah. the core strength yeah. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. To properly do a leg defense series, depending on which one you're doing, generally requires a lot of core strength. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Just because you're fighting a lot of pressure from being extended, being, right. uh, you know. <clears throat> so what I see is that's a big script. So I don't, it's not that hard for a 10, 11, 12 year old kid that has, any kind of good leg riding to yeah. ride a kid out for a minute period. Okay. That's pretty easy to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's much harder as a bottom man to get out in one minute. No if doubt. If a guy knows what he's doing riding legs. No doubt. Um, and that's going back to, I don't know what, exactly what I was getting with that, but um, one of the, that's, that's a common one that is similar to what I was mentioning earlier where a parent will come and go, like, he just can't defend legs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, like, yeah. it's like 12 and we're working on it. Right, but, yeah, it's not that easy. So. And, and I think, <laughs> in my opinion, maybe I'm not a big leg rider, so maybe I, it's just because I'm dumb in this situation. But to me, there's a lot more nuance and specificity in bottom and defending legs 
like putting a leg in, you you know, it's not easy. Right. But there's not a lot. Like it's good hip pressure. Yeah. You know, good. You gotta ha- you gotta stay yeah. your head up. Yeah. Similar I mean, to a sprawl, right? So much of it is like even. I can just talk about the college level, but, um, you know, so much of it is just pure strength, really. Mm-hmm. And it really is core strength on bottom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen, when I look back and I think about the best guys on bottom, guys I've coached that, that don't get ridden, um, they're unbelievably strong. Yeah. And not like, you know, like weight room strong or that you may not mm-hmm. look physically impressive, right. but they're freaking strong. You grab a hold of them, you can feel. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Ben's know? the one that always is like that. that like I ask her and I always try yeah. to explain to people because yeah. when he was wrestling, I'd always get people that look at him. Yeah. They're like, how is he so good? Well, that's what Chris said too. But, you know, Pendleton was a teammate of mine we, and, yeah. and a roommate of mine. We lived together for a couple of years. Um, and I he didn't said, know you guys were roommates. Yeah, for cool. two years we lived together. Yeah, we're good buddies. And awesome. he'll be at the tournament tomorrow. I'll nice. probably see him tonight. But anyways, yeah, he says Ben's one of the strongest guys he ever wrestled. It's so crazy because all I can tell people is like, they're like, I don't understand. And I'm like, yeah, I know. You're right. You don't they're get like, it. What do you mean? You do, I'm like. Well, the only way that I would convince you is to have him put his hands on you. Right. And then in two seconds, you'd be like, oh, I get it. Yeah. That's the only way I'm going to convince you. Yeah. Because you're going to look at him and Same thing with John. You can't bench press anything. Same thing with with, with John Smith. Like, you look at him, you know, and his reputation is, you know, master technician, which is true, um, until you grab a hold of the guy or he grabs a hold of you. And you're like, he's the strongest guy I've ever touched. Yeah. It's like situationally strong. Mm -hmm. He puts his hand on you. You're like, there's no way this guy wrestled 136. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, 197 pounder grab. And then you shoot on him and they sprawl and you're like, holy, like, you know. You're just lucky. You're just lucky to get your head off. The yeah. Mat if that even happens. But I think about that with myself of just like how weak I am. And certain, I have some older injuries that, and I don't probably address them as well as I should. And there's certain lifts and things that I I can't do pull-ups. My shoulders are so bad. Yeah. And I'm not that strong in certain areas. But man, if you let me get in on a high crotch, like you're like a dog on a bone. I ain't letting go. <laughs> man. Like you ain't getting me off that leg. Like yeah. You know, and it's just. Like you get so strong in certain areas, and and so much of it is technique, right? Because yeah. like your 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 technique magnifies your strength. Like yeah. it's just right. you know, if you're squatting way wrong, like yeah. your technique's way off. You're not gonna squat very much. Right. But like if you just adjust your technique, your squat goes up by 20 pounds. Yeah. It's like boom. And I think that that's what happens a lot with, especially with wrestling, is you find ways to grab things or pull things and you tweak it, tweak it, tweak it yeah. to where you're getting the most strength out of yourself. Right, that you can. yeah, that's a good point. Because it, it, it's not, I mean, because otherwise it doesn't make sense, right? Like, the only way you get better at bench press is you go do bench press. You got a bench press. But you know what? Um, this reminds me, one of my best friends that I grew up with, high school teammate of mine, he's a high school coach in the Chattanooga area now. Um, and I stole this from him. He says, he coaches high school, mm-hmm. and he says, strength is the best move that there is. He said, being strong is the best move, especially in high school, he says. Being strong is the best move that there is. Because you can't do it wrong. Like, you can't do strong wrong. Like, <laughs> right. being strong is the, is, is the most important technique. And uh, then after that, you know, your techniques kind of amplify how strong you are. But, uh, no, that's funny you're talking about that. Well, that's, that's where I would argue then. Because at, at first glance, I would disagree with that, right? Like, because I'm one, I'm one of those guys that... I tell them, like, you need to strengthen condition and stuff, but re- there's no better way to get better at wrestling. Right, than and, I'm a, and I'm a technique snob, too. I love it. But listen, like what we just said. Yeah. How do you get stronger at pulling in a single leg? You yeah. do it a bunch. And that's, like, you're getting strong. Right? Yeah. But I think, so the, the, where my mind went is the problem we've been having 
is partners not giving the appropriate level of resistance. Sure, yeah. Right? So they're either yeah. too much or too little. They're either yeah, going they live or understand. they're just falling over. Yeah, they don't get it. And I tell them like, hey man, like you guys should be doing the same thing for your partner that I'm doing for you guys. And right. what that means is Coach I'm not on. making this practice any harder than what you can handle, right? But I'm also not making it so easy that you're bored. That's a waste of time. So we're finding that sweet spot. You need yeah. to do the same for your partner. Like. You can't just make it easy, yeah. but you can't go live because right. that's no fun. Yeah. If you can't ever finish any of the shots, right. that's dumb, right? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. you, what I tell them is, and then we play the game to get them to understand. We don't do this all the time we drill, but every once in a while we'll play this game where they go, uh, your partner, you're going to let your partner set up a shot, and when they get on your shot, the objective is you're not allowed to score, like counter offense on them, Yeah. but what you're trying to do is for that, like the outcome is always they finish their shot. Yeah. Your objective is to make the time between when they're in on their shot and when they finish their shot as long as possible. 100%. Right. Yeah. That, but you're yep. not allowed to score on them yep. and you're not allowed to completely stop them. They still need to finish. Yep. And that tends to help them get a perspective without. But I think that that's what I've learned is something that I've focused on a lot lately is giving them a specific task. Yeah. You have to do this. No, that's really good. I like that a lot. We we, we do the exact same thing in uh, on the flip side. So we'll defend. Yeah. You know, you are going to defend. But, you know, so I'll maybe I'll do it 30 seconds. Yeah. You have to defend for 30 seconds. If you feel like you're going to get your leg away, slow down. Yeah. Let the offensive yeah. man get a better lock. Offensive man, if you're about to finish, slow down. Let them defend. The objective, you're going to stay on the leg for 30 seconds. Yeah. And then I'll blow the whistle at 30 seconds. Okay, now you can really defend and score. Yeah. But just extending I like that. extending the scramble. I'm going to have to use what you said, too. So you're putting them in there, and you're saying the objective for the defensive man is, is make it. They're going to finish, but they have the to time between time. them getting the hold on your leg and yep. them finishing, try to extend that as long as you right. can. And that's it's a, more of a drill in sparring. So yeah, not yeah, in line yeah, there. yeah. But we, and then when I intro, because sparring is so important, but it's such an abstract idea to most young kids, especially if they've spent time at another club. Yeah. Right? If they've just been going to a local youth club and they come, and I'm like, all right, you're going to spar. Well, most you, you, local youth clubs, what their highest, not, I wouldn't say priority, but like you said earlier about how strength is the best, Yeah. right? So what their approach is the best thing that you can teach a youth wrestler is to be aggressive, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't like that, okay? I certainly agree with being aggressive, right? I would never argue against being aggressive. That's, yeah. That's, that'd be a no-brainer, right? But my idea is that you can slowly make kids more aggressive, but once you've put in their minds for the first four years of wrestling, that aggressiveness is the most effective tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a certain point where that like the diminishing return. For sure, right? You don't. Yeah, you lose knowledge of these positions. You lose, you know, if you just want to call it feel. You right. don't develop a feel. Yep. You develop, you know, an aggressive but, attitude with no feel. Here's the problem that I think not problem. It's not a problem. I don't know why I always default to saying like problem. Issue. An an issue, um, a topic to think of, um, is is I always try to not always. I I try to relate it often back to battle. Like, because wrestling is combat. Mm -hmm. Right and and battle is combat. There's just basically the difference is like what tactics you can use, what weapons you can use, and the consequences. Yeah. Right. So if you lose a wrestling match, you cry a little bit. Probably. Right. <laughs> your dad gets yeah. Yeah. But if you lose a battle, you might get your head cut off. We don't know. So I talk about in terms of battle, right? Because it puts more real consequences on it. Right? Yeah. If I'm over aggressive in a match, I get taken down early, and I can right. be aggressive and still come back. Right? Yeah. If I'm in the arena in ancient Rome as a gladiator and I'm over aggressive. 
my whole life might be over. Yeah. I don't yeah. get to wrestle again. I don't get to yeah. fight again. It's done. Well, here's an interesting way to look at it. All right, let me tell you this story. Last week or week before, we had two uh, two soldiers from the 75th Ranger Regiment, okay. uh, an elite army yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so an elite fighting force. We had a, a captain who has been in the Army maybe eight years or so, um, wrestled at West Point, so he came back with his first sergeant. So Sergeant Perez is there talking with us too. Okay. Sergeant Perez is an enlisted guy, you know, climbed the, he's a non-commissioned officer, been, he's had 11 deployments, 11 combat deployments, and uh, the guy's done like some, um, you know, pretty intense things, and, and intense individual. Um, you know, he's he's going on the missions that we don't see on the news. Right. You know, yeah. And um, his words, he's killed a lot of bad guys in a lot of bad places. And so, he's talking to the team, and it's freaking hot. You could hear a pin drop when mm -hmm. this guy's talking. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have a scripted speech. It was just like straight to the point. Um, and there's some questions afterwards. And one of our wrestlers asked, um, you know, well, how do you get you know, any negative thoughts out of your mind before you go into combat. Yeah. Perez mentioned, like, you know, when you're on a, a blacked out Chinook helicopter, and yeah. you look to your left and right, and all you see is green eyeballs of your buddies, and you know you're about to jump off of this helicopter and do some bad things. Yeah. Um, our wrestlers are like, well, you know, how do you get these, these thoughts about what might happen out there out of your mind? Um, he goes, for me, it's a wrestling match, and, and you know, the worst thing that can happen to me is I lose a match, but obviously for you, the worst thing that can happen is you don't come home. And uh, so they're two totally different things, and Sergeant Press says, well, I'll stop you right there. How are they different? Yeah. They're both the worst possible outcome yeah. that can happen. Right. It's just my worst possible outcome is I die. Yeah. Your worst possible outcome is that you lose a match. Right. But this guy's mind he's able to relate those things like they're almost identical they're just you know using different words and and obviously different consequences but in the situation you're talking about the worst possible thing that can happen right so when you're talking to your guys about combat you know you're just helping them understand you know that this consequence is important right you know that this sucks right. um and uh, so we hear that all the time like, hey this you know it's different consequences obviously but you know in these soldiers mind this guy that's actually doing it right now yeah. he's saying you know what they're so much more alike than they are different yeah because all it is it's the worst possible outcome right so how do you get the worst possible the thought of the worst possible outcome out of your mind before yeah you know that was you know that was a fascinating speech sure. to listen to. I, that is intriguing, and I'd love to pick his brain about it because uh, he was freaking awesome. That's probably not like helpful to think about right before you compete, right? So like, yeah, the analogy I'm using is at, at battle or in yeah. gladiator times. Yeah. Like, that's probably not a talk I want to have like right before they wrestle a tournament. Right. That's a practice talk. Right? That's a practice talk. And then, I got, I don't know. What do you tell you guys? Like, what would you tell them? Like. Hey, coach, before I compete in a tournament, like, I get all these thoughts in my head about all the bad stuff that might happen. Well, I ask first. Um, I think it, it, I ask, what do you like to be thinking about before you step on the mat? Yeah. How excited, do you, you know, what's your level of arousal sure. do you like to right. be at? Um, what's optimal for you before you step in a competition? Optimum level of arousal. Yep, so Love you it. get that. Yep, so you, so, so you get their feedback on, you know, where they're at on the bell curve. Where do you want to be, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, what kind of thoughts do you have? what's helpful so we actually ask our guys you know what's helpful for you what do coaches need to do to get you ready yeah you know without just assuming um yeah, yeah, yeah i gotta tell sure. you this right you know um but i think everybody pretty much does the same things and, and you hear everybody say it is you know you focus on what you can control 
right. and uh, yeah. and you focus on what you can do and, and, and try to surrender the result, you know, as, as weird as that sounds, but, um, you know, I take it back to, all right, well, what, you know, what, what, what's important? What do you need to do? You know, you, you got a couple of key things. Yeah. Sergeant Perez says, you know, he checks, make sure he's got his magazines everywhere, make sure his radio's where it's supposed to be, make sure all his, all his gear, all his kit, you know, is right where it's supposed to be, and then you just, you know, it's, it's cliche, but you just sure. trust in your training. You go well, yeah, there. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's, one example I like to use is similar to what I talked about with like bullet pointing notes. Yeah. Right? When you sit down to write notes, you don't go like, man, what if I finish these notes and they don't look like what they're supposed to look like? Yeah. No, right. you, you address each bullet point as it comes at you and, yeah. and as it, you, you, you kind of form it and you do the best you can with the information you have at that moment with the decisions that you can make based on your yeah. training and your preparation, right? Yeah, yeah. And if all you focus on is trying to make every single right decision, generally the end outcome is going to be good. And that doesn't always mean you'll win. What it means is that you're going to perform well. Yeah. Right? And like, yeah. you can't control who steps on the line across from you. Right. I, if I step online with John Smith, I'm going to lose 100 times out of 100 times. Yeah. Right? It's not like, but if all I focus on is that, that's going to be miserable. Right. right. But if I go, okay, well, I'm going to focus on staying in my stance. I'm going to focus on minimizing my mistakes. I'm going to stay in good position. When I have opportunities, I'm going to capitalize on them as quick as I can. Right. I'm going to convert those to points as fast as I can. I'm going to try to negate any close points I can. So, I got to look for those areas to make up ground. I got to look for mm -hmm. 10 seconds left when I can finish, fend off a takedown, mm -hmm. right? Or 10 seconds left when I'm in and I got, okay, I got to finish this. Mm -hmm. I got to take advantage of this right now. Um, you know, or forcing a position where I know a guy's going to make a mistake. Like right. those things, you got to take advantage of those inches because you're already starting at a negative. And what yeah. I mean by that is like, I'm facing somebody that is better than me. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't win. What it means is I'm going to have to be very tactically intelligent yeah. to win. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I love talking, and that's why I wanted to, I, I enjoy talking to you as well because of the military aspect is a lot of what I incorporate in my thought processes of how to, yeah. to deal with stuff. Yeah. Right? And like, especially from tactical, right? So thinking about how to address something. And it's like. It's really opened my eyes, man. You know, before I got to West Point, I didn't, you know, I had no exposure to the military. None. Yeah, that's Nobody crazy. in my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I, and I don't really either, other it, than just reading. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, but the principles are there, yeah. and it makes sense. You yeah, know? yeah. No, well, it's just how many times in history has a smaller army, military, beat bigger forces? Yeah, just you having, know I mean? you know, better by tactical being, advantage. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. being yeah. smarter about what they do. They're right. not taking for granted that they can just go in and bully somebody. Right. Right. They're like, yeah. okay, we're at a disadvantage. Know where but you're sometimes good, that's an advantage, right? right? Is knowing that you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not as quick as this guy. Yeah. So what do I got to do? I got to yeah. get my hands on him. I got to slow him down, right? right? Okay, I'm not as short as this guy. That means that he's <laughs> we, gonna be. In a... we, we had we had a wrestler a couple years ago. All right, so he's wrestling. Um, which Ness was it? You know, the 57 pounder. Uh, uh, Dylan. Is it Dylan? Yeah. yeah. Just dangerous, right? Yeah. Some positions you just don't want to be. Gator bacon, high flyers. Oh, yeah. You know, you just don't want to be out there with one of our wrestlers is going out to, to compete against him. And I'm done. I don't game plan much, you know, but I'm telling you, I'm like, all right, the guy's pretty good in these positions. And, uh, you know, you might want to stay away from this. And the guy's like, you know, in his own word, I'll, I'll paraphrase, he's like, screw that, you know. 
he's like, I'm going to go kick his ass. Um, and I slapped him on the butt. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then like 90 seconds into the match, he's in my high crotch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't want to be there. So it's like, hey, don't you want to know if you're at a disadvantage? Yes. You know, that's, yeah. when, that's when we, we sent somebody out there to battle, so to speak, that didn't really know he was going to be at a disadvantage in that position. Afterwards, he was, man, yeah, I see what you're saying well, now. <laughs> and that's one of the, the crazy things to think about is, the effectiveness of pointing out that information Ugh. is lost once it's you, right? The other time we talk about that is, okay, so Mizzou has this thing called one more. Okay. All right, so the idea is that you're always looking for ways to just do extra, right? So like, if we all do 50 push-ups, I'm gonna try <laughs> to do 51. Just because, like, I used, yeah. to, used to doing a little yeah. more, a little more. Yeah. The problem, and, and this is where the example comes into play is that if we do 50 push-ups, and I say, everybody do one more. Like, how much does one push-up benefit you? Right. Not very much. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make you any stronger. Yeah. You don't have to be that tough to do one more push-up. Right. Right? So you're not getting as much out of it compared to if you said, I'm going to do one more. Just do one more. I'm going to do one more. Because you thought of it on your own, you took the initiative, the value is greater. Even right. though two people might do the same thing. Yeah. Because one, their dad or their equal. coach told them to do yeah. it versus someone who decided to do it. Right? right. So like, if you stop that kid there and go like, hey, man, before you go on the mat, I gotta tell you something, right? Well, that could have a negative impact. Like now he's gonna doubt himself and be like, but if he would have said, hey, I think this guy's good at some stuff, like yeah. what can you give me to help me out? Yeah. Like, now it's like, well, you took the initiative, you're gonna believe in what I'm telling you because you came and asked me for it, not right. me saying, you should do this, you need to do it like this. Yeah. Because I think it's lost when you don't have the ownership. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I can just say with 100% fact, it was lost that day. Oh, so I can what, imagine. whatever went wrong, um, you know, it was 100% my fault, but I did not do things right, and we ended up on our back pretty quick. So Well, I don't, based on <laughs> what I watched of his career, that wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only one, I know, you know. That's, uh, that's pretty, that's, that's a good story, though, because you think about that's somebody that for sure it's like, don't probably go not, there. Not just don't yeah, have to do right? it. Right? Like yeah. the one position you probably shouldn't go to. Yeah. You just was like, and was I felt, so confident. I felt good about yeah. coaching it too because I was teammates with a guy named Machine Roller who used to hit that yeah. on everybody. Yeah. And, and and me probably he probably hit it on me more than anybody <laughs> in the country because I wrestled with him so much. You know. So I was like, hey, I can tell you how to not get hit in this. You know. <laughs> right. um, I, so I really thought I could help him. I thought I'm doing something good. It's like, nah, I'm gonna kick his ass. Yeah. All right, go That's, out there. Go ahead. <laughs> That's, that gets crazy when you talk about somebody that is good, as good as most people in most positions, but then they have like one or two positions that they're way better yeah, than Yeah, it's pretty else. dangerous, man. It's, that's scary. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I think of it almost like quicksand. Like yeah. this ground looks stable, but at any moment you could step somewhere where you're like, now you can't get out. dangerous, now you're done. you know? You're done. And, and, and I never wrestled, you know, Ness, obviously, but I wrestled with Shane a lot, Roller. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you would 100% be in positions where you're like, okay, I, I better not grab the leg. You know, it's right, you know. Yeah. Most people, I would, you know, want to be right there, and, and, and now I'm not. So it makes you think as a coach, like, you know, how can you create, you know, that? Because early in Shane's career, you know, it had to take a lot of patience from the coaches. Because he, you know, from what I understand, his freshman year and, and especially early on in his freshman year, he didn't have a huge level of success. Right. You know, because he's yeah. going to his back, he's yeah, giving yeah, up points. Yeah. He just, you know, he trusted himself. He's a confident guy. Yeah. And uh, so it makes you think as a coach, you know, how can you develop, you know, that that being dangerous and, and yeah. balancing out. Right. You know, you got to stay sane for one. You can't watch your guys throw themselves in their back all the time. Yep. You'll lose your freaking mind. Yeah. Um, or your freaking job. 
and uh, and two, you know, it's like, well, they need to win too. So it takes a special like, um, you know, like Ness, Shane, yeah. other people that yeah. you know have that um, that mentality. It takes a special type of mind because you know, they know they're playing with fire, right. but they just yeah. they're so confident. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th and I think that some of that comes from. Like we mentioned earlier with uh, the Duckworth and Grit, and I've been, I'm in the middle of that book right now, so that's why I brought it up, too. Okay. But the resilience is like where that comes from, right? Yeah. It's, it's somebody that you're telling them, like, hey, that's not a smart way to wrestle, and they're like, mm, I'm going to show you that it is. Like, I can win like this. Yeah. And you get some people that just never get there, right? But some people that do. And I don't know what the right or wrong is as yeah. far as, like... That's a, I mean, that, that's an interesting psychology question, you know, <laughs> is, 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 is how much, you know, how much of your personality needs to be, you know, kind of buck the system and push back a little right. bit and do your own thing. Um, and, and, and where do you, you know, the gray area there... Um, and on the other side would be um, doing everything that my coach says exactly, you know, right. hey, coach, what time yeah. do you need to go to bed yeah, at night? Yeah, what yeah. time do you need to wake up? How much do I need to eat? What do I need to what? You know. I yeah. can't coach those kids. You're right. I can't. I mean, you know <laughs> what? They show up. You got to try it. Oh, I try, um, but it's, I usually break them. And I'm like, quit worrying so much. I've had, you know, I've had, <laughs> I've asked athletes before, you know, like, yeah. not, and I've had other coaches ask my athletes in front of me. Um, what is the one thing about Coach Ward, you know, that drives you crazy? Yeah. And there's been all kinds of different yeah. answers, you know, but one that I hear, well, you know, sometimes when he just won't tell me, you yeah. know, what I should do. Right. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm yeah. like you. I'm like, because I don't want to tell you. Right. I want you to figure it out. Yeah. I want you to, I want you to learn how to trust yourself. Well, it yourself. bothers me that you want to be told. Yeah. Like, that's what bothers me more than anything. Well, I, does it, though? Because they want to be, like, they want to no, know because, that's coming yes, from me. Or would you rather the guy just leave the room and never ask? No, but you know? I, I, the preference is how I think of things, which is we're all biased towards the way that we do things, right? Like, so I think the best way to do it is you should put some sort of effort towards trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah, I right? get it. And then yeah. come ask me for input. Like, hey. Here's the thing. I don't want you to come to me and ask me how to solve your problems. I want you to come to me for confirmation and advice on how you've decided that you're going to try to solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I want yeah. to back you up. I want to help I'm not going to freaking be there at night when you're going to bed. Like, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, well, in your case, like, you're going to be there for what? Four, five years? Yeah. That, of their life. That's it. Yeah. And then it's like, you're on your own after that. Right. And you've been on your own before that. Like, right. I'm not, I can't, that's what I tell them is that I want to be a removable part of your system of success. Like I want to be able to be pulled out mm -hmm. and nothing happens to your forward progress. Yeah. If I you're doing your job, yeah, that's I want to be yeah. like a ghost. Like Right. I wasn't even here and you didn't even notice and you're still doing the same things the right way, the, the way that you learned how to do them. On yourself. Like, mm -hmm. Or by yourself or through your own accord, through your own drive. Yeah. Not because I'm telling you to do it. Right. right. Because if I'm telling you you have to do it and you're, right. you're doing it, it's not beneficial. Right. right? It's not that it defeats the purpose. Is and that's what I'm always trying to drive home to them is that like, hey man, I'm not gonna make you do this. I'm not gonna make you do this. Here's some ideas. Yeah. I'll give you some ideas. Like one that I have had trouble with a lot, and I'm glad that I'm bringing it up because I need to readdress it because there's been terrible at it. Is we have a pre-practice routine okay. that is strictly voluntary, not mandatory in any way. Um, it's only like, it, it takes like five minutes, right? But it's like footwork ladder, a couple core strength exercises, a couple flexibility exercises. That's it. None of them do it, right? Well, they did it for a while. Like right now, it's just been because I haven't brought it up. Yeah. And I've never enforced it like you have to do this. Right. right? But my kids, and I'm, the reason I'm saying I need to bring it up is because now they're, they've, a lot of them have bought in, so they, they would do it. We just haven't addressed it in a while, right? Yeah. So we've got away from it. 
Another thing I think about too is it is like now as we get busier, we have stacked like our little kids, yeah. and then there's only a 15 minute. So I, I tell them a lot, like, don't get it, don't come in the room when the little kids are still going because right. it's just chaos. Like right. you guys all start coming in, putting your shoes on, yeah. they don't pay attention. So. <laughs> Good. How are you doing? Good. Come on in. You want in on this podcast? No, no, you're fine. You're fine. This is totally you can informal. Come on in. Totally hey, informal. You want me to hijack that? I will. Yes. <laughs> all good. We're getting ready to probably wrap it up anyway. It's all good. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know. Um, what do you think? That's a good stopping point for us? Um, uh, I mean, I, I could keep talking for a long time, but. No, I got, you I'm, know. You, it, got, it, you it, guys got to go schedule. practice. You guys practice at four? Is it um, still? You guys are going over to the going to Pine, um, actually. yeah, over you, to SIUE or the the Edwardsville Club, the big yeah, room. The John Edwards is that I right? I think so. Yeah. Ned said it. Very, very nice. Um, I've big, been there before. Facility. For yeah. their, they ran some um, NWCA things out of there. Pat McNamara. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He coached club. me for a year or two in college. I, uh, okay, let's end. So Was the, he in the suit? Yep. <clears throat> I, I think so. That. Okay. Yeah, I know that. Um, no, I've, I got a quick Pat McNamara story for okay. you that you'll get yeah, a kick so you out of. Yeah, finish with some stories. I want to hear some. Um, it is called a wrestlers getting coffee and telling stories. And we've got we, coffee. We've got, yeah. Finished my coffee a while ago, and we haven't told that many stories. But I've we've got, got we've had a good conversation. I'm sure I've got some, too. Um, but Pat was the one who, not the one, but he, he did something to me that made an idea that we're constantly trying to get through to our kids. Okay. And we've mentioned it already a couple times is the idea of thinking ahead, the idea of doing something that causes your opponent to think that you're doing one thing and you're really just getting them to walk right into what you want them to actually do, right? So for me, Pat was so good on top. So good on top, man, he would, we did a private, uh, like a one-on-one, we'd have one-on-ones on like Tuesdays. So like you'd get with a coach in between your classes and you go work on an individual, okay. right? So we were doing an individual workout, just me and him, we were working on some stuff and then he just decided that we were just gonna go top and bottom for the rest, it was like 45 minutes left. We only worked 15 minutes on like a couple techniques, warmed up with some stuff. Then he's like, all right, you're going down. Then he just rode me for 45 minutes. <laughs> he did this thing though that so he put me in a wing, right? And he has my, my arm barred up back here, and I'm, I'm kind of a stocky guy. I don't, I'm, not, I'm pretty flexible, but not, I'm gonna have a little bit of resistance because I'm sure. a little bulkier, and I'm strong, so he's not turning me. I know he's not gonna turn me, right? And I'm smart enough to not just sit there and fight the whole time. But I did not understand how tired my arm would get just by letting it stay in a wing, Yeah. right? So. I'm not getting turned. I'm fine. Not that big a deal. I bet he kept me in a wing for 20 minutes. And he finally just lets go of it. And I'm like, oh, he's feeling sorry for me. He's going to let me work. He's going to go to something different, right? He's going to something different, but he only put the wing in to make my arm exhausted. So then at that point for the, the remaining 25 minutes, yeah. his chop literally had to just be like, touch like, my arm. Yeah. And I'd fall over. Fall like, down. Oh, my God. This, like, I didn't understand. I, I probably did, but that really hammered home the 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 idea of putting in time for something to make that, something else open up yes yeah right? so like the idea that i kind of mentioned earlier to me that we've been talking about with our kids is like if you have a good kid that doesn't get out of position spend the first 30 seconds just front headlock football tie pull his head down pull his head down pull his head down get his back tired yeah they'll start to stand up a little bit right and that was when it really like clicked for me like you can do one thing 
that you don't intend to score with. But that one thing is making them tired somewhere or making them do something that you're getting them to do. What you're doing is reinforcing a habit. Right? Yeah. You're like, you're, you're getting this wing, and I'm just in the habit of fighting the wing. Fighting the wing. Fighting right. the wing. Fighting the wing. Fighting the wing. That's chop. all I'm worried about. Now I'm chopped. I'm chopped. Chop. Oh, I was so worried about the wing. That's all I was focused on. I yeah. forgot about this. Like, And, uh, man, that was brutal, though. I think it was 45 minutes of just yeah. being on We've all been there, man. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> and now you get to do it. You're coach now. You're on top for 45 minutes. That's the sucky thing about youth is that I don't have very many youth that are big enough for me to go with every day. Yeah. Um, during high school, or not during high school, out of season when I have my high schoolers, that's, I love it because I get to do all those games. Like, hey, we're going to play a game. And then uh, I grab one of the kids and go, like, we're going to play a game. They're like, all right, what are we playing? Uh, this one's called You're Not Out Yet. This, this was played. I picked up. <laughs> so what did, I'm curious, what, what, what did Coach McNamara say to you after that go? Did he, did he talk to you about it? No, no. Was there no. a lesson? It was no. just, you're going to learn it. Yeah, he doesn't really, uh, he's not a big talker. He's pretty reserved, pretty laid back. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I kind of, when, I, when I'm hit with something profound like that, I kind of get it in, like, in my own head and I'm not paying attention. Yeah. So he might have been talking to me, but I was so, fo like, thinking about, yeah. like, in my head, mulling over what had you just happened. You didn't need to, you, you were just, you already learned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get it. Right. I see what happened here. Yeah. Like, you don't need to say nothing. I get yeah. it. Like, I understand this, what just happened. Yeah. And it was terrible. And I never wanted to happen again. Right. That's and then, a lesson. Then your brain goes down that path, right? That's okay. a lesson. I don't want that to happen again. Okay, so now I'm going to work backwards. Yeah. How That's do I keep that plan from, from there? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't come in for that individual again. Yeah, there you go. No. That's too easy of a solution, um, right? <laughs> all right, I got a story for you back yeah. on. You know, we were, we were talking about how do you, you know, when you cross a line from listening to everything your coaches say and also having that independence, you know, trust in yourself. Yeah. So um, here's, a, here's a Pat, well, it's a Pat and John Smith story. Yeah. Um, and uh, not the best time in my career, but I'll still share the story. So we were on the road for a dual meet in Wharton, Nebraska. And, um, and they have a, we have a good team, and they have a good team, and the gym is packed. Um, and we ran into like travel delays. I think we flew up there that morning. Um, and uh, so like a small plane, flew up there that morning, nobody felt good, we were all tired, whatever. Cracker box, like little gym too, like it was rowdy, they yeah. did a great job. Um, and it's a competitive dual meet. Long story short, I'm in a pretty competitive match and, um, and I'm coming, like the guy I'm wrestling is like, I can feel him, like he's, I'm coming back, I'm like a takedown or two down maybe, yeah. maybe like two points down. Um, and I'm taking him down, I cut him, I'm taking him down again, and I get headlocked and pinned. And it's like, you don't get pinned in the duel. You don't get pinned in college, for one, and you damn sure don't get pinned in the duel meet, especially one that's competitive. Right. Like, what, how worse can you feel as a competitor? Yeah. You know, and this is like college, I'm not a kid, like, I understand I just got pinned. And then John had no mercy on me either. Like, he went off on everyone on oh, the whole sure. team, like, went around the room. You know, and probably spent like 10 minutes on Nebraska is a good place to have your coach go off on you. Well, it it's, was, that happened multiple You know times what happened? Too. We're on the way back in, the, in that same tiny little freaking air, and the aircraft needs maintenance. And we're in this airport, uh, and, and they're like, okay, get off the plane. It's going to be about 90 minutes before we can change this part. So now we're all locked in a room with John. <laughs> so we're all like, and, and it's like quiet. You know, it's, a, it's like a one terminal airport. We're sitting there. We're like, great, we're going to have 90 minutes of this, you know. <laughs> we, none of this felt good anyway. Anyways, um, you know, he's like, you got pinned, you're benched. He's like, you're not going on the next trip. And I was like, you know, devastated, obviously. And uh, we get back, and, uh, and Pat Smith says, um, I don't care what he said. 
Pat, Pat goes, you go in his office and you tell him it's your career and you came here to wrestle and you're getting on the airplane and you're going on the next trip. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, my, my head coach just told me I can't. He's like, no, you walk in there and you tell him you're going to wrestle. And so I did. And John was like, nope. You're not wrestling. I was like, well, <laughs> try that one. And uh, that did work. And so, uh, yeah, so I go home and I'm like eating, you know, and the plane's leaving the next day. And then he calls me like two hours later. He's like, hey, can you come back up to the gym? And like, I appreciate what you said. And you, you want to, he's like, step on the scale, you know, and I'm like crazy heavy. And he's like, you can get that off. You're going with us tomorrow. <laughs> and so, and, 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 uh, and so I did. I got the weight off and went on the trip. Um, but uh, That's a cool the point story. of the story is, cool you know, story. if it wasn't for Pat saying, yeah. go stand up for yourself. Yeah, right. You know, and I'm like, I can't, like, I, if my dad would have told me something growing up, I can't go in my dad's yeah. room and tell him, no, I'm doing this. Right. I'm like, hell no, you're not. Well, I think that we don't do a very good job as, like, that's something that we all want in our kids or the kids that we coach, right? Is yeah. That, the initiative to take. But yet we spend the first few years telling them like, not to do yeah, that. Yeah, like, like, yeah. How dare you question right. what I say? Right. right? And I, I, I love that story, and I'm going to share that probably if that's all right with you. Yeah. But uh, one, one, we, I, and I think it's a better replacement for what I tell my kids is, if I tell you to run through this wall, like, how many of you guys think that you could do that? And they're all like, no, no, I couldn't run through that brick wall. Right. I'm like, yeah, but like, you're limiting yourself, like. Why don't you think outside the box? Like, if you went and ran into a bulldozer, you think you can get through the wall? Well, yeah, if I went and did that. It's like, well, yeah, I want you to be resourceful and think about it, right? But also at the same time, what you gotta understand about us coaches is we're not idiots, right? I know that if I say, go run through that wall right now, you don't have time to go get a bulldozer. I, I told you to do it now, okay? I also realize that you're not gonna get through that wall. Right. What I'm looking for, though, is the athletes that are like, maybe he knows something I don't know. I gotta go try to figure out how to, like, not immediately just go, I can't do that. Right. I want you to challenge me, right? I want yeah. you to go, like, I know, like, I know he's kidding, and I know that he thinks we can't do this, but I think I can do it. Yeah. You know, like, that kind of, uh, that, you know, I know it's not really questioning, but that, that process of that not just being limited by the mere face value of the words that I've given you. Like, yeah. sometimes I give you yeah. text. Sometimes I do things though. to you because I want to see how you're going to react. Yeah. But also keep in mind that I'm not going to judge your whole being right. based on that one scenario. Yeah. Right? And what I might do is give you that scenario, see how you do, and then come back to you a week later and say, hey, man, I told you that because I wanted to see how you'd react. Yeah, you got to go back and, and yeah. talk about well, it. Right. right. And yeah. that's, that's one thing. And, and, you know, he probably didn't do that intentionally. Like, I don't think that he was in that moment probably going, hey, I'm going to say this to Kevin to see how he reacts. Right. But he was really mad. No, he, he was really, really mad. He really meant yeah. what he said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of times we as coaches do do stuff like that. Right? Yeah. We, I, I'll say stuff to kids because I want to see how they're going to react because I want to know where they're, you know what I mean? Like, hey, that's not good that you reacted like that. And I'm not mad at you, but I want you to understand that in the future when you're faced with situations like this, yeah, you need to react more in this manner. Like, I think you're here and, and we want to get you to, to this yeah. other point where yeah. you can respond in a different way. Right. Well, think about yeah. how in a professional uh, capacity, how important that skill is to be able to stand up for yourself in a respectable and agreeable way. Yeah. Right? Not to just go off and go like, F you, I'm going on the trip. Right. No, but I'm going to stand up as a man and say like, this yeah. is what I came to do. I really would. I really want to go on this trip. Like yeah. I really want to compete. Like I know I messed up, and I know I can do better. But like, 
I want to go. Yeah, I'm not that just going to sit. Important, that was it was an important lesson for me. I think that's a huge lesson that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to learn. You know, yeah. and it's yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's a great story. I think that's a fantastic story, and we'll wrap up on that one because you got to get to practice. I know you got a little bit, but I got to get over. Uh, yeah, we, we both got tonight. practice to get to, right? So, it's the story of our lives. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk some wrestling, go to practice. Well, Coach Ward, appreciate the time. You're the man. No, Thank I you, appreciate sir. it. And uh, just to let you know, I know we didn't get into like an intro, but I usually will put in an intro ahead cool. of it. So, yeah. Um, Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow. And uh, I, I think that Jeremy, I talked to Jeremy, uh, Coach Spates this morning. He said that that tournament that we're wrestling in, they got some uh, non-starters going over tomorrow to hand out $3 passes for the finals. So you guys got to make the finals so I can come watch you wrestle. All right, come on. Right. We'll have 10 there. All right. All right. Good. Right on. You're the man. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it.